Game time. My guest for today is a teacher game. at Urban game. School game. for Children. Um, used to teach at Explorations yeah. Preschool. Joining me on the podcast, <laughs> Rico Basilio. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Thanks for being hello, here. Hello. For everybody that that's watching and and you know doesn't really know yet, like wh- what do you teach specifically? Can you just quickly explain what it is you do and where you teach? Okay, um, I'm a preschool teacher. I work in urban school for children. So it's a very new school. We just started this pandemic season, actually, because they're old school explorations. It closed because of a pandemic. So yeah, like the business side of it, I guess it just wasn't working out because there weren't kids anymore coming and they forecasted it wouldn't work out. Yeah, so we put, they had to close it, but thankfully my boss, she put up a new school, urban school for children, and that's where I am now. Um, we're very, it's a very, very small school. We only have, I think, less than 20 kids and just a couple of teachers with us. Um, what we teach, so I right now I teach a pre-kinder class, so four to five-year-old kids. What, what do we teach? What do we teach? So it's, it's like a preschool, so we have a lot of subjects also, math, uh-huh. science, the usual, but I guess what makes us different from other schools is we're a progressive preschool. I don't know okay. if you know it. Yeah, I want to ask more about the progressive. Um, what is the difference with that? But then first, I, I just want to backtrack. So this is sort of like the the preschool you were teaching in, and it it's like a new, kind of like a new version. It's like an online, yeah. pandemic version. This yes, is the first yes, sort of like that. Eventually, we though, we do want to put up a physical school. We just, go back to, as of the moment, we're just online. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, and yeah, when yeah. this started, how how was it like? This is you are the first. This is the first time I'm hearing of a school that started during the pandemic. How challenging was it to I know it's... put put the whole thing together? Well, I I'm just in the teaching side, so the administration side, I have no idea what went okay. through with that, like all the papers. Because I know, yeah, I have I have no idea what happened. But in the teaching side, it was a lot more difficult um, when we started because, of course, this is the first time in history where preschoolers are going to school online like you know you've heard of like college students doing it before or master students doing before but with preschool it's there's no data on it there's no you know research or there's nothing that we can base off what we're doing to know if what we're doing is correct or you know how to engage the kids online you know there's nothing we didn't know anything so it was a big um there was a big learning curve on the activities to do, how to talk to the kids, even how to um, address the, the families. Because, you know, me and my partner were always saying that the families now, the parents now are our co-teachers. Because, you know, what we know from the kids, it's really just, it's limited by the screen. So whatever we know from them is just what we see through Zoom. So all the behind the scenes of how they do the work or you know, the tantrums or, you know, how they act. Like, we don't know any of those. It's really just based on what the parents tell us about the mm-hmm. kids. So they're really our co-teachers. So, yeah, that's something that we also had to adjust okay. with. You mentioned that there's a big learning curve, that there's no data whatsoever. And especially with the age of the kids that you're teaching, it's re- it's not, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, how do I say this? I don't want to use the term mind reading, but 
you can you don't with kids because they're still developing so it's not like what you see and what you give diba? yeah. what are you the yes. type of person that gets excited with yes. the fact that it's such a new thing that there's that there's no data whatsoever does that, <laughs> does that challenge excite you or is it uh, do you feel like it's more of a handicap uh case to case i guess you know sometimes i get scared because i mean maybe if it's something personal you know I'd be excited, but then when it comes to kids, like this is like a life that you're, you know, it's not mind. just you that you're getting affected by, like all these kids and not just them, their families and, you know, like four-year-old developmentally, this is where they learn a lot, you know, so if we do the wrong thing, you know, they could be serious effects that, you know, that's going to happen to them, mm-hmm. so While it is, you know, exciting, it's very exciting. It's also sometimes like we always have to be on our toes because, yeah. you know, these are kids that, if, yeah, yeah. I want to know the why specifically kids. I had this when I would try to think of how was it like when I was studying, and then I go to like my preschool days. It's really just glimpses. Like it's like just short one second. Or you know, just pictures of what it kind of looked like. I don't even know who my teachers were, what they looked like. Why specifically this one? Because you said nga that if you do mess up, but you, you don't know someone who's four mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. might have some weird um <laughs> character. Man, sorry, I mean like trauma. Like yeah, because of yeah, this, you can't you can't yeah. deal with this. Why specifically mm-hmm. this one when it feels like this is I don't know it. Even if it's like <laughs> games lang, it's so I know eh. It's crucial. The, the super high stakes. Super high stakes. Yes. 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 Um, I honestly don't have an, when I think about it, I try to think about it also. Like, why did I go into teaching? At first, it was like for the most babo reason that I just really love kids and I find them so cute. Uh-huh. So that's why, you know, that's why I thought about, you know, going into teaching because I love kids, you know, but be my first year of teaching, you know, you really realize that loving kids isn't enough to stay in the job. Oof. Like, Yeah, it sounds not. like a relationship as well. <laughs> <laughs> Me, it could apply. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of challenges that the kids throw in you that you can't just you can't just stay in the job because you find them cute. You mm-hmm. know, it's really a commitment. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, yeah. No, I get. Not- <laughs> I totally get it. But wh- yeah. why? Why specifically kids, though? So yes, why they're kids? cute, but then. If is it, is it education that you are passionate about, or is it specifically you know this age range? I think it's both. I okay. love the yeah, it's definitely both. I mean, I tried thinking about teaching older levels, but then I really see myself in early childhood. I love, you know, talking to kids hearing their thoughts, the way they process things, the way they tell stories is just so interesting to me how you know how kids think and i find it so fun you know when they talk to each other and i just love being around them and knowing that what i you know they're kind of like, not i wouldn't say they're blank canvases because no they're definitely not blank canvases but mm-hmm. i love the fact that what i do will help this child and i mean and it sounds really weird but i love I, like no it's I love weird It is kind of high risk, but I also love the fact that it's high risk. That I I play an effect on this child's life, and I love knowing that it it is it can be a positive one if I do my job well. Yeah, 
do you remember like kahit before um you know the pandemic setup do you remember your first teacher moment like the first you know i'm i although we've just graduated a few years ago um you know it's not like this is really the we're not 100% sure if this is our careers but then so far do you remember your first teacher moment like i don't know maybe some student said this thing or you saw him you react this way yes, and you yes, knew that yes. that was because of me what mm-hmm. is there a moment my first year of teaching actually it was i don't know i just it's one of those things that you kind of just know instantly for me that this is really what i want to pursue okay and yeah i don't know it's just being in the classroom and being with the kids i just loved every moment of it even though it was you know definitely i had learned a lot since i ca- i came from a management background so i yeah. knew nothing about being in the classroom so you know it was kind of just like okay am i doing this correctly but i loved it and i guess what really made me love it the most was um having this particular student of mine because uh context context um i work in the school that i used to work in it was very inclusive to kids with special needs So in a class, you can have kids who are typical and kids who may have learning disabilities. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So in my class, my first year of teaching, we were a class of nine kids. Yeah, and out of the nine kids, three of them had learning disabilities. And, you know, being with those kids in particular is what made me fall in love with teaching, you know, watching them develop and seeing how far they've come throughout the school year and you know talking to the parents and being so proud to tell them okay your child this is how your child is now and really seeing their faces light up na wow i can't believe that's how my child is now and you know i wouldn't say it's because of me or you know but i think it's because kids are just you know kids are just so great that way that event you know if you give them the opportunity they really 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 will surprise you okay um I want to dive into that. The there in the nine from the nine students, a third of them had learning disabilities. Yeah, yeah. What's the? Do you know the the value or the thought process as to why they're all together? Because usually, from what I know, is you know if they have a learning disability, they're all you know, grouped together. And mm-hmm, I don't. Yeah. I sorry, I'm not sure yes, of the politically yes. correct mm-hmm. way. I don't want to say the regular kids or the. No, no, no. It's okay. What's the what's the yeah right yeah term? typical we say the typical kids the typical kids the typical but there's yeah. no typical, typical. But, oh yeah I, I, in in this sense the typical kids yeah what, yeah yeah I, I don't the <laughs> it's, it's very unrealistic kids eh? also yeah yeah I know yeah yeah it's very um, it's a sensitive topic to say it is it is but that's why I I want to learn more about it um so why is that what 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 was what why mix them um well for us you know the kids they really learn from each other. It's really beautiful to see the kids, whether they have disabilities or um, are typical kids. When you put them in the same classroom, you know, the whole stigma, there is no stigma for them. And it's beautiful to see that, how that plays out in the classroom. Like we have, for example, um, my first year teaching. You know, I'm really going to base it a lot on my first year because that's where yeah. I learned so much. Anyway, so my first year of teaching, I had a student who had um, a sensory sensory issue so what okay. it means is when it comes to eating she didn't like to eat it was hard for her to eat basically so when i came into the classroom my partner also never had these kids before but when we came in there and it was snack time we couldn't understand why she wasn't eating her snacks or why she had an empty container beside her like 
she had a container of snacks and another empty container. And we didn't had no idea what it was for. But her classmate, who was also her classmate last year, was the one who told us, teacher, this is what you should do in the class. So this is how you help her to eat. And this is a five-year-old. So the five-year-old was teaching us how to take care of this, the, her, his classmate. Wait, sorry, so how? Um, so the, the... So she has a sensory issue, yes. Okay. She has a sensory issue. Um, it is hard for her to swallow her food. So for her therapy, what they do is, you sh- is just to expose her to the food. And then after, the container was for her to spit the food out if she can't swallow it. We didn't know that. We thought it's just like an extra container. Yeah. But it's her classmate who told us. So it's really, it's, you know, those moments where their, their classmates, they really try to reach out to their wow. kids, to, the, to their other classmates. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful to see. And wow. now, now, even in the online platform, my class, I have a class of seven kids. We do have kids also with special needs in our class. But even though we are an online platform, our, our typical kids would reach out to them and try to engage them in conversation or say, hey, look, um, I know this is your favorite color. I made this for you. Or look, we have the same snack. So oh, putting man. them in this. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice. So when you put them together, you really see how on one side, they, make, they take care of each other. And on the other side, they don't care who they play with if they have a certain disability or if they don't talk as much or if they don't play as much. Yeah. It doesn't matter for kids. They just really, yeah, yeah. I guess that's why they also, we try to um, expose them to show that, you know, we're all, they're all just kids. There's no stigma yeah. there. Okay, now I'm, I'm starting to see as to why kids tagaga. Kids tagaga. And the whole, the mixing thing, yeah. the reason why I... I, I I grew up in the traditional sense. Um, when I went to preschool, yes, yes. typical kids. I'm. This mm-hmm. is just my opinion and my observation. Maybe a, a reason why grown ups, you know, people generally in society, we really have those distinctions. Like you are separate. You have this different ability. You are different from me because on the from the onset, when you're kids. When your kids palang and then you're separated, that probably plays a you know a role into how yes, you're gonna treat yes. those those other people yes. in the future. Yes, wow. yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. Now I want to go into the um the role of a teacher, especially a preschool teacher. When you're older, kasi you can, you sort of make the distinction of teacher and parent. Like, okay, my teacher, I have to follow him, her for all the academic stuff, stuff in school. When I go home, when I go home, and and how I live my life, um, my parents' rules. How do you make mm-hmm. the distinction between I'm a teacher versus I'm playing the role of a parent as to how you should treat others, how you should deal with problems? Because those are sort of fundamental parent mm-hmm. lessons eh? that's supposed to come from the parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of, you know, even before online, you know, there are a lot of cases where. When we meet with the parents, they say, oh, how come she's like that with you? But at home, she's not like that. So even it's really hard sometimes that kids, they know when they're in school, they know the certain attitude they should have in front of their teacher. And usually the cases when they're at home, it's more relaxed. Like they don't have to, I wouldn't say they don't have to follow rules, but I guess they have their guard down compared to when they're at school. They're more themselves. Yes, they're more themselves, but when whereas they're in the school, they have 
I don't know, they're, they're, they're student mode, just the way, mm-hmm. like us, like us, you know, at school, we have teacher mode, but at home, you know, we're more relaxed. We don't have to always be super and proper all the time. So I would say until now, it's still something that, you know, all teachers have to work on. Um, throughout, Because really, it depends, for me anyway, I think it depends. Each kid is so different. So even though with one kid, you've already mastered that skill. Come next year, you have this different class. It's really something that you have to continuously work on because it really changes every time you have a new kid. Do you have any rules or are you guys given some guidelines as to, especially in disciplining, like how much can you give? How much can you, you know, do in terms of disciplining a kid? Because um, essentially that's the parent's role. Well, of course, you know, there are some boundaries that, you know, we have to set because, you know, they're kids. They should know that there are some behaviors that are acceptable and there's some behaviors that aren't acceptable. But I guess, you know, uh, well, I don't think, for me anyway, I haven't seen any behavior so far that I think I would be crossing the line of, okay. like, this is only something a parent can do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard for me to say but yes, there are some things. There are teachers do have to set borders that, and I guess it's an understanding already with the parents that, as a teacher, I'm in charge of caring for your child in school. So even though you know I'm just a teacher, you're sort of giving me this responsibility to care for your child. You're entrusting your child to me while mm-hmm. the child is in my classroom. So I think that's why that there's this super importance between building relationships with the families that you work with. Yeah. Because, you know, oh yeah, only then do you get to tell them, I mean, you get to talk to them about their expectations, um, how they are at home, how they want their child to, you know, their goals for the child. Yeah, because it's, it's very difficult if you're at very, um, you don't have the same goals or expectations for the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's very important to build yeah. relationships. That, yeah. So I guess that maybe that's a reason then why you guys call it FTC instead of PBC, it's a whole family (laughs) thing. Was this whole um, making it a really family-centric form of education, was that something that the pandemic brought out? Because now, I'm sure activities or um, stuff that they physically have to do, you really need the parents more now. Is that something that the pandemic brought out or no, Mm -hmm. that's what you've guys been doing? Yeah, yeah, actually, it's something that my my boss, she was the one who started the school. It's something that she's been doing ever since. So it's 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 really nice to see, like, in our old school, we'd invite maybe a sibling to read to the class or oh, okay. a Lolo to cook with the class. So ever since before, there's really this importance to the family and how the family does, you know, everybody in the family plays an importance in the child's learning and then not just you know family members but even like the caretakers we there's an importance to the caretakers or the drivers and everybody involved in their the, their community at home there's a big importance to that also why do you think that not now that you're saying these stuff it's it sounds it's very it sounds very idealistic it's very that's good that's how we should do it but <laughs> I, I i don't know if it's just my traditional background it changes it. Once you enter the big school, I've yeah. been big school ever since. So, so I mm-hmm. went to a preschool. That, that's sort of like that. Like, like my kuyas, they, they have come and they read stories also. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All those type of stuff. And then suddenly there's this switch. And then, yeah. you know, it's very parang 
kind of corporate. It's kinda, true. Uh, yes, awesome. yes, yeah. Do you think that there has to be a change? Just just on your just based on your opinion, you do not. Don't worry, you don't you don't speak for like, right. the whole education system. <laughs> naman, uh. Do you think there has to be a huge change, or do you feel like things are the way they are because that's how they're supposed to be? Um. So over when the pandemic started and I didn't have a job yet because the school okay. newly closed. I, You're cutting banks taking, again. You know, all these online courses, you know, fill my time, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah, um, I took a course called Family and Importance of Family Education. Family family involvement in education. Okay. So, yeah. So, actually, what they're doing in the U.S., they're transitioning. So, you know how, like you were talking about how here when you're in a big school, you're kind of on your own. You don't have so much family involvement anymore when it comes mm-hmm. to these things. So in the U.S., what they're trying to do is they're trying to put more family involvement. And it's very different from the preschool setting where, I mean, it's not like you're going to invite your parents over to read because, of course, you know, you're in high school. Who's going to want that, right? But it's yeah. more of, you know, getting the family involved in maybe, you know, the extracurriculars or getting them involved at to know that this is what your child's learning. This is the load. So mm-hmm. if you can support them in a, in a certain way, then at least the parents are aware. And, you know, based on the studies, this show, this really does help a lot of students stay motivated. Um, the attendance levels are much better. And, you know, the kids who end up enrolling to college is a lot more. So I feel like if we do apply that to the Philippine setting, I think that, you know, it will help. I mean, we don't know how yet because, you know, it's yeah. all theory, but I feel like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with family engagement. There's nothing, I don't see a negative side yeah. of trying to involve your family more in the educational yes. setting. I yeah. feel like it's, I, I totally agree with you and, and how, I think that was in economics when you learned that the house, was it the household is the basic unit of society? See? I, I think <laughs> But we we've learned that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it's really that. And um, growing up, and then I see different people from different schools. You can have we we have those stereotypes. Like, Antonista, mayabang kung, right? If, if yeah, they're from yeah, this, yeah, yeah, I don't want to yeah, say any yeah, other yeah. schools. I can just talk about my school because it's I can I can attest to that. It is pretty true, Antonista, mayabang. But not all. Like a lot of the um, the characteristics of these students that's still based on how their parents, you know. Um, race yeah, then that's definitely. how they were definitely. that's how it how that's how it the was examples that were yeah. set for them yeah so yeah yeah in as you guys are teaching now and then now na talaga, in the pandemic style how could, could you give me an example as to how you guys sort of concretize that theory how you how do you apply it to the virtual classrooms that you have now um i guess like like what i mentioned previously uh are we really emphasize with the parents that there are they are our co-teachers in you know now so mm-hmm. it's not just um it's not just watching their kids or being beside their kids making sure they're online or preparing the materials for them but it's really being involved so much that when we had our FTCs when we you know assess the child it's really um talking to the parents like how do you think your child did with this skill or how do you think your child is um, handles, you know, challenges. Whereas in the pre-pandemic setup, it's more of us telling the parents, this is how your child is at school. This is our observations. This is, you know, giving anecdotes to the parents. But now 
we honestly we have so much limitations and we don't we don't have we don't know a lot the parents know more than us because they see it yeah. firsthand yeah we see it in this tiny box so we don't really know what's happening to them yeah so yeah so there's a lot of um so the, I, i guess it also helps the kids to see that okay my parent can also be my teacher too you know they are the people who i learn from and it's not just my teachers but i have all these grown-ups around me who can help mm-hmm. me yeah do you think that it's a it's okay first i know that we have a small sample size it's just these this less than one year that you've been in this setup but has that been the same for all your students because there are some parents who are more busy than others we don't yes, know if, yes, if one household yeah, yeah, is yeah. just one parent how is it like <laughs> yeah definitely there are more parents who are you know busier than others there are other parents who are always there and you know it's totally okay with us because we do understand that you know you can be parents are busy very busy especially now you know jobs it's hard to have a yeah job or a business now in the pandemic so we do understand that there are an ideal setup you know of course we'd love the parents to be more involved but we also understand that that can't always be the case Mm-hmm. So, I, so how do you yeah, deal with, with that? Like how um, with the with the inequalities and how now all the more you can't. It's harder to if this one student needs more attention before. It's okay. You can just go yes, to that, yes, that student. Yes. Uh-huh, how how, exactly, how do you deal exactly. with it now? That challenge specifically. Uh, well, it's what we love about Zoom is the breakout room. So that's like okay. our key to everything now. Yeah. So we need Ooh. to talk to one child. It's okay. We're going to bring you to the breakout room. So it's just more a one-on-one, um, one-on-one class with that child. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing a lot now is for the kids who do need extra attention or support. But um, back to your question um, for the families who aren't as involved. Yeah. I guess so far for now, it hasn't been so much of a problem because okay, that's good. Yeah, because kids are very, very resilient. So at first, you know, it was a struggle for. I mean, not not so much a struggle, but adjusting to the online setting was. You know, there was an adjustment period for them, but they're so resilient. It just took them a few months where, you know, it started to feel like a normal class. So, yeah, oh. yeah. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so now, that's yeah, cool. the kids. Yeah, it's it's. They're used to it now. Even the routines, they know all the buttons. They know how to leave the meeting. Wow. You have all those. <laughs> well, so, I yeah, would, I'm not that so surprised. Nowadays. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. I'm yeah. not that surprised. We're you and I. We're in the generation that's learning. Like we we grew up with technology, but we're still learning, like mm-hmm. as it develops. But I feel like the, the kids now, your students yeah. now, when there yes, are eight. Ghost ice guy I have these usual um, game game afternoon Saturdays with this group of kids okay they're not my students but then they're just kids from my old school who until now oh wow I okay <laughs> this is this is for fun you're not you're not yeah, hired yeah, to do this this is for fun this is for okay, fun you really love just, your job they're so yeah they're so fun to be with so I usually have like every Saturday like a game game afternoon with them okay and then it's so funny because the, if they if they want to do something or if their their mom wants to do something she usually asks them oh how do i do this in zoom or how do i open this and it's the kids like the five they're the teach them. yeah they're the ones like okay mom this is how you open the whiteboard this is how you do certain functions so our kids talaga, they really Galing. know they're there they know their stuff <laughs> okay i'm sorry to put you on the spot with this again um 
small sample size, but <laughs> your opinion not representing the entire opinion, education opinion. community and teachers community. Where do you see this batch, this generation of kids? What huge difference do you think um, will happen with you know how they're learning? Because you know we were talking about how. These are the yeah. years about the their yeah, values yeah, yeah. and all those stuff. Uh-huh, so uh-huh, what uh-huh. what huge difference do you think will happen in the next years? You know, that's always what I think about. Like when, for example, because us anyway, we're thinking that maybe next year, most likely we're still gonna be online because you yeah. know, nothing much is happening, right? So we're thinking, okay, what's gonna happen here to these kids when the first time they're gonna see their classmates? When they're, what they're used to is really just seeing their classmates at the screen. Yeah. So we have no idea how it's going to oh, play yeah. out. But the same way, we strongly believe, the same way the kids adjusted so well to online, we feel that once they see, it's going to take an adjustment period again, you know, seeing real people for the first time. But again, kids, you know, give them the opportunity. They will super, super surprise you the way they are adjust yeah. their resilience to new things yeah. yeah i think we don't give kids enough credit or oh, maybe you do because you you deal with them on a <laughs> daily basis i i i would say i don't um matibay like i always feel like oh if there's a kid like you have to make sure you're very i know um careful but they yeah. can handle a lot more than you would expect they no? can they can yeah Is... and they're very very perceptive okay like i I swear, you have to be careful with what you say around kids, how you act around kids, because they're so per- perceptive. You don't mm-hmm. even realize that they're internalizing whatever you say to them or they whatever you, they watch, they, they remember it. And then, like, it's so funny. I, I can do something, for example, like two weeks ago, and then tomorrow they're going to say, oh, teacher, do you remember you, you said you were going to do this? Like, they really, really remember what you, what you say to them. I wanted to ask when you talk to um, kids, um, given all right, so the people who have been listening and watching this know that you have a very preschool teacher. I'm sure you understand why, like the the way you the the way you, you talk, the the energy you have. But when you talk to kids, do you believe that you have to talk to them like they're kids or you talk to them normally like they're adults? Cause there's that there's a hello, but there's a baby, there's that annoying. There's that tone shift there. When you yes, talk yes, to your yes, kids, yes. how how is it? Uh it's a mix of both actually. Okay. So it actually also depends on their age. So for the kinder level, for example. Four to five years old. You also yeah. have to be yeah, four to five, five to six. You have to okay. talk to them. I mean, not like they're adults, but the language that you use, this is, these are the years, you know, they also learn how to talk and they learn language by what they hear. So if you talk to them like they're a kid, then that's how they also will learn how to talk like a kid. So that's why it's important that the language you use with them is appropriate. Like I'm talking to you as, you know, like a, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to talk to my kids like this, you know, like, uh, like you know. I'm gonna talk to them. Right. There's like a, a like what you said, like a tone. Like yeah, a, make like a make content. I know, make content yeah, yeah, con- adjustment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Content adjustment, but then also the sentence construction should already be like you're gearing them up for for grade one for the grade school years when they should already start to talk. You know, not so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. But of course, in the preschool years, 
you do have to baby it down a little because these kids, baby parent baby parent yeah oh. yeah they won't really understand if you're talking in these long sentences so oh. i guess it's really about being yeah yeah because you know there's still um i don't know the exact number because again i i don't have an education background but you know generally they have they know these amount of words let's say Yeah. Whereas the kinder kids know this amount of words, so oh. about for the kinder kids, you have to challenge them to keep growing what they know. For yeah. the younger kids, challenge parent, but then also realizing that this is where they're at, so you're meeting them here. Whereas the kinder kids, this is where they're at. You're meeting them here. So you, wow! So it's really the whole teaching game, the whole the whole craft you have with teaching. It's really about being resilient and. You really have to. We we said how kids learn to adapt, but I think teachers must gago na because the kid just has to focus on his adapting. You have to adapt to like each student, every single class, every single year. Mm-hmm. Wow, does it yes, get exhausting? Yes, yes, I think that's also something. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Go on. <laughs> that's go on, all, go on. Yeah, that's what differentiates us also from yeah from being a traditional school, because you know. For a traditional school, like we went to traditional schools, right? Sorry, where did we you study before college? We have a lot of assumption college. Ah, oh right, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's how that's how your friends with. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a lot of tests. You know, everything. It's like a one size fits all type of thing in big schools, right? Yeah. Everybody does the same thing. But it Everybody doesn't. Everybody learns at the same place. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't, and that's, you know, that's really why I love. Teaching where I'm at, you know, and working with my boss, who's my partner is also my boss, and you know, learning from her because you know, in a progressive preschool, what's different is we have a lot of differentiated activities, and you know, our lesson plan. You know, in a traditional school, if they give the lesson plan start of the year, this is you have to follow it no matter what. Yeah. For us, we plan our lesson plans weekly. And wow. not and these still change a lot. So there's a lot of planning involved. And aside from that, we can right now what we're doing is we make at least two to three different lesson plans every week. Per week, like you have to prepare, make plan A, plan B. To, oh, not plan A, plan B, but more of this lesson plan is for this child. This lesson plan is for oh this child. Oh my gosh, what? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because we real it's. We acknowledge that each child, you know, they have their own strengths. They all learn yes. differently. They, they, they're not at the same, you know, developmentally. They're not all at the same place. So I have, for example, a student who can read like she's a grade two student, and I have another student who maybe is still learning how to read. Gabby Mayena. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Their skills are super, super diverse. Like I- opposite ends of the spectrum. Can I just mm-hmm. say, I honestly sometimes would get scared of like a four-year-old kid who's so intelligent. It's like, <laughs> yo, wait, lang. why do you have this much? Why, why? What's gonna happen <laughs> in 30 years? Huh? You have to be careful with this kid so specifically. Yeah, it's so funny. One of my students now, she's she reads, well, doesn't read, but her parents read her chapter book. So she Oof. made her own Hobbit. The Hobbit. As in, she wait. can narrate the As in Lord of the Rings, Hobbit. Okay. She narrates. Yeah, she narrates it, and then she drew the pictures. Her mom wrote down the words, narrating the whole story. It's so funny. Wow, that's yeah. A skill. But there, exactly, exactly. So you have those kids who, you know, their their language is so developed. They're 
imagination is so developed and you have kids who are still learning how to use these things. And, you know, that's why we have all these lesson plans because we understand that it's an injustice to the kids if we fit them in this one-size-fits-all type of situation where since you're a five-year-old, you're expected to have all these skills right away. And if yeah. you don't, you know, you fail, you, you can't move on together. You know, it's not, it doesn't work that way. So that's why, yeah, yeah. How do you measure? How do you measure your success, though? Uh, first, I have to acknowledge that all the everything that that humankind has been doing is all made up uh, to say that you are prepped, <laughs> you are ready to go. That's all made up by yeah. humans, but like tested uh-huh. over time and uh, with a big sample size. You make a lesson plan every week, and you cater to each individual student's needs. How do you measure the? Okay, pasado ka, pasado ka na, you can move yes, yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah, yeah. So the reason why we have these individualized lesson plans is because we want to meet the kids where they're at. So for example, like back to my example, if we have the same lesson plan for, for like say reading and we have these, this kid who reads and this kid who's learning how to read, either the kid who already reads is at a disadvantage because you know, it's basic to her if we do, yeah. yeah. Whereas on the other side, if we do a more advanced lesson plan, then this kid is left behind because the kid is still learning. Yeah, yeah. So it's meeting them where they're at, but also there are these certain skill levels that they're expected to have by the end of the year, for example. So reading, you know, basic reading or rote counting, they're all, yeah, at the end of the year, of course, we test if they have these skills to move on to the next grade but then it's not teaching them all at the same time that okay this week everybody should be counting one to ten proficiently next week we're counting 10 to 20 proficiently it's not like that it's meeting them where they're at and getting them to that skill so there's still a there's still like a benchmark yes, of yes, you definitely. have to reach here pero iba ibang pace okay lang pero at the end yes. of the year dapat nakapass ka na like you, you've gotten to pass this mark there are some cases where they don't pass and they move on because, you know, they're kids. It's it's unfair to say you can't move on just because you don't yeah. reach here. In fact, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have my first year of teaching, I taught a kinder class. So right after kinder, they moved to big schools. And we have these, uh, some of our kids, they were still learning how to read or learning how to write. And, you know, the parents were concerned that they're already going to grade one. They, they still still can't really read sufficiently yeah. yet. Of course, yeah, it's a big concern. But what our um, what my boss would always tell us and remind us is that developmentally, kids are still it's still age appropriate for them to learn how to read and to write oh. up to grade two actually. So after grade two, if they're still struggling, that's when you should be concerned. But you know that's how it really is. You know, understanding that there is a curve. The kid, the spectrum of learning for kids. Is really really big, so you can't rush a kid and expect them to all um, develop at the same pace. You know, it's, yeah. you have to really really be patient with the pace of how they learn. Oh, but again, okay. I I Do didn't take represent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't quote me. Yeah, but I right, even yeah, if you didn't, what, yeah. even if you didn't study it, I I trust your experience, and and you 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 have a <laughs> does your boss. Does your boss slash partner have, you know, um, did she specialize in this? Did she take some course that 
I I I don't know. Yeah, how do, yeah, how do you say yeah. It? So she definitely like she studied a lot. I don't know where she studied here in the Philippines, yeah. but she went to the US to yeah. She studied in Bank Street, so you can search that. It's like where I want to study, but Bank Street, the dream. Bank where, Street, yeah, Bank where's that? Street in New York. It's an amazing school. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing school where she learned everything that she learned there is what she used to bring here. And this is yeah, that's okay. how she started her school here. That's the okay. I was just searching for what because I I agree with with everything you're saying, but no matter how much I agree with my opinions, there has to be some okay credible like okay it, it it's come from yes, yes. Back, back from research. Okay, I wanted yes. to go back um to, to what we were talking about. I'm really interested about this. Huh? So each kid, we know that each kid has their own strength, has their own, um, but they might not be as good as this skill. Do you think mm-hmm. that all kids are equal as, in the sense that if this kid isn't good in reading, there has to be something else is he, that he's good at? Is is it the same mm-hmm. that can we? Do, do you think that all the kids have like the same number of strengths, or there are just some kids? Well, um, bus bus na on. They're just. <laughs> Quote unquote, I wouldn't say better. They are more skilled and they just have um more mm-hmm. raw ingredients. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I get what you mean. And yes, there are. Huh, off, hmm. How do I there say this in a way? Terminology. Teacher appropriate. Um, yes, I think that also goes with. Um, some kids do surprise us. Like we don't expect them to be proficient so so much in a certain skill, but they are. Um, I guess there's also it's not just there's a lot of factors that come into play. Uh-huh. The way their family talks to them at home, the challenges that their family gives them, and even like biologically or you know the how they were how they how they are that's why there are some kids with learning yeah. disabilities that even though they're put in the same environment as other kids it's just harder for them to learn so they're kaya pa rin kaya pa rin but then yun nga because of a certain challenge it may be a bit more difficult but then yeah it's not something that their family had an effect over but yeah, yeah i would say i would say that there are a lot of factors that come into play why the kids they're they're very very different from how they even the way they talk the way yeah. they their kindness you know everything there's so much that goes into that. Okay. Do you know the show? I it might sound random, but it's connected. I said, do you know the show Cobra Kai? <laughs> have you have you seen that one? Okay. I haven't. Yeah, my my brother and my dad really love watching that. So in Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, they say that there's no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher. Do you believe okay, in that yeah. statement? Yes. Like, I think so. I think so. I believe every that. every yeah. kid is I wouldn't want, I don't want to say destined, but they're supposed to turn out well. I mean, humans in society, if they turn out, you know, if they turn out to be a quote unquote bad person, yes. it's because there was something mm-hmm. that happened in the development. It's not like there's a kid who grows up and I want to be a bad person. There's no signs of that in <laughs> Sorry, I, wait, wait, wait. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, I, I just want to. I wanted uh-huh. to test the. Uh-huh, I wanted yeah, to test yeah. the Cobra Kai statement, but I'm not. I'm not asking you to point out and pick out, pick up some flaws from your students. Ah, no, no, I have this kid na masamang tao. No, no, that, that's. Do, do you get what I'm um yeah, trying no, to, to get at? No, 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 no,
it's true to a certain extent, but you know, also to a certain extent, when you reach a certain age, you you're an adult and you can make your own choices. Like you could have yeah. had a bad teacher, but then you can't always say, "I had a bad teacher," so that means I'm gonna have a bad life and I can't change my choices. Yeah. You also have those cases where kids who, you know, maybe they don't even have a teacher. You know, they don't they aren't fortunate enough to go to a school, but here they are, you know, accomplishing these big things when they grow up because of the choices that they made. So on one hand, I do believe that teachers do play a big role, but mm -hmm. at the same time, when you reach a certain age, you know, you kind of have to <laughs> make your own yeah. choices, you know? Yeah, saying that, yeah. saying that. Okay, yeah, yes. yeah. In this whole teaching, in this um, pandemic style, where do you see this long-term? That... Um, Technology is the main, is it the right term? Technology is the medium. It's, it's how you communicate and teach to your kids. How, yeah. Where do you mm -hmm. see this going long term? Um, are we just going to eventually go back to how it how kids were taught before? How, how you know, teaching is done? Or even after the pandemic's gone, knock on wood. Oh my gosh, I don't know. soon. There are other countries already. <laughs> having concerts um i know do you think that you guys are still going to be utilizing this and that maybe you don't need to come in all the time maybe you can use um zoom for this certain activity what do you think yeah i think what we learned from this whole experience that it is kaya pala to do online classes for preschool so i think this is going to be especially uh, you know important for you know when we can't physically meet so mm -hmm. i don't think it's I don't think there's ever going to be a chance where we can't physically meet unless it's like Baguio season. But I think at least now we know that if ever worst, worst case scenario, kaya pala the kids, kaya pala the teachers, even the families, kaya pala to, you know, to adjust to, to how this is. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, that, that's it. That's all, I've, that's, that's all the questions I have. Um, Riga, thank you so much for being here and answering all my questions i i'm, I'm probably gonna ask you some more stuff because eh, there are really a lot of things that i'm looking at <laughs> i'm i'm you know you know how in the pandemic i'm not i'm not sure if you, you you've gone through this that you're more introspective you're really looking at um tama ba tong mga values ko in life tama ba like the way i've been um the way yeah, i was oh, raised oh, oh, the way i was taught so um thank you for your time and thank you for for doing Definitely. this type of work and molding the future of our country amen oh my gosh oh my thank you for tolerating me <laughs> no thank